TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Is Aaron Boone coming back as manager uh, or with all the audits and changes? Is Sean Casey coming back as hitting coach? What's going on? To talk about Mets, Yankees, and decisions. We bring in Dave Lennon from Newsday, baseball columnist. Hey, Dave, how are you? Hey, Lori. I have to tear myself away from the Zach Wilson show right now. I mean, what, what are we doing here? Well, I so I'm going <laughs> to let everybody else in on a a text exchange that went on between you and I earlier today, this morning, and. I reached out, as, as I often do, you know, earlier in the afternoon to book a guest for my show. So I text with Dave and say, hey, you want to hop on around 11? And Dave texts back and says, well, you mean right in the middle of the Jets' um, big rousing comeback versus the, you know, Kansas City Chiefs? And I was like, ha, 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 come on. I feel like the game will be <laughs> over by then. You know, people are going to be flipping on and, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's an issue. Well, you know what? Interception. Oh, but penalty. Um, so we'll see. Uh, anyway, but it turns out this game, uh, who would have thought when they were down 17 nothing? but it, it's a competitive game. So um, yeah. so I take it back. I mean, who would have known that Buck would have been announcing his own firing before right. today's game either? So imagine that. Imagine that. So let's start there is – I've had some Mets fans, and especially on social, who there are some people who haven't necessarily liked how the Mets went about this. And I haven't gotten into that yet, my take uh, and my read on it. But I wanted your impressions. And let's start with, you were there today, right, at City Field? Yep. So you saw, so let's start with what happened today with Buck Showalter, um, and how did it unfold? Well, I mean, I, I, I wrote about it in the column I wrote for tomorrow's newspaper being online now, it was the website, obviously, but it was weird because, you know, we went into the, he was doing his usual, you know, pregame media briefing that he does every day. And, you know, we all marched in there at about 1230 and we went through the usual questions. Some people asked him about, you know, looking back on the season, what were you thinking about next year? And he talked about the young players the talent for next year. Uh, you know, he was asked the question, you know, I think it was the third question or so where somebody said, have you heard anything about your status as manager for next year? And he said, I'm going to get to that. And we're like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'll, I'll get to it. And we're like, okay. So he went on to a couple other questions again, talking about the future uh, you know, going to look at things right for this coming week after the season's over, look at his roster board. 
And then that it stops and he says, you know, is everyone good? Um, and we're like, okay. And we just thought the, the news conference was ending. And then all of a sudden he went into, he resumed talking again and said, I just wanted to tell you guys uh, that Billy came into my office last night, Saturday night after the games. Uh, and we talked and it was reminded me of the Max Scherzer conversation at the trade deadline. And we're like, uh-oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we know where this is headed. And, uh, and that's when he tried to basically say that, you know, they gave him the, the choice to step aside or whatever. And it, it, it turns th- out whatever was be fired. Uh, it it yeah. was hard to interpret. I, I was listening to that as well. So it was hard to interpret. But I guess the choice was, would you, you're, you're going to be let go, Buck. How do you want to handle it? I think that's he, what they must have said to him. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't so much stepping aside as it was, how do you want to handle your last 24 hours right. as Mets manager, essentially? Right. Right. You know, and I think that's what he basically settled on. And listen, there's no perfect way to be fired. I mean, there, you just really isn't. Well, uh, I, I would say this is for sure. This is better than the way they fired Willie Randolph. Yes, 100 <laughs> percent. As somebody who was on the West Coast for that firing as well, that happened at uh, 314, I believe, a.m. East Coast time. Uh, yeah, it was better than that. But. Lori, it was still weird, right? So, I mean, so to, let he, me, to so hear let a me, manager. Yeah, so let Go me ahead. just play the opposite side on this. Is I don't know how you look good in doing it when you, you know, would it have been better to have had after the game today on Sunday, would it have been better if Billy then came out and said, um, we're letting you know, we're letting Buck go and Buck not being there and not having that opportunity. Cause as awkward as it was for Buck to do that. And he managed the last game. Therefore with everybody knowing this is his last game, he's being let go. He's being, you know, fired. Um, is that it then allowed Buck to talk to the media, have that opportunity to deliver his message. It then allowed right. Buck to, walk that lineup card to home plate and have his entire team and coaching staff stand there, giving him a standing ovation on the field and and the fans as well to, to do that. Um, and so there was a little bit as, you know, I know it's not ideal, but wouldn't we have been ripping the Mets if a manager this respected, if, he was just let go tomorrow and he didn't have that opportunity for, I don't know, call it closure, but that last time to, you know, someone so respected to be able to give their message to the, to the, you know, teams beat writers and, and to the fans. Yeah, that there is something to that. I, I agree. In, in 99% of these cases, what would have happened is there would have been some sort of release sent out at like 10 a.m., tomorrow morning, right. you know, before they had the Stearns press conference at noon and it would have announced the change in managers and it would have said the same things that today's release did. And then Buck wouldn't be there to talk about it. Uh, and, you know, maybe, you know, somebody would talk to Buck later down the line about it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I it was just awkward, you know, for Buck's situation, obviously it was very emotional for him, you know, to have to go through two different news conferences about it. Yep. You know, it, it was, I, I guess it was nice on the field. Again, 
I, I don't know what his true feelings are about that. You know, I'm not sure every manager would have liked to to bend the scene like that, you know, especially when you had your kind of, you know, knees cut out from under you in that fashion. So there is, I think you're right. I think there's no good way. There's no good way to fire somebody who's as anybody. And then there's no good way to fire somebody as respected as he was. And the Mets were always going to take a hit no matter which way they went. And maybe they do take a bigger hit for the way they did it. But it does seem like they said to Buck, all right, tomorrow's going to be your last day. How do you, (laughs) how do you want to handle that? And, and he chose to, and he obviously must have said, I want to make that announcement, you know, before the game. Yeah, I mean, because he, I mean, he talked about it, that what he did on Sunday was really just go kind of down the list. I mean, he talked to his family Saturday night, and then when he came in today, you know, he, he brought, he talked to his coaches, he talked to the staff, he brought players in. So he really kind of did it on his own terms. Right. You know, it wasn't announced to the team, and I think that's the part that he liked. And so I think that that's the part he took over to the media too. You know, he was able to do all this kind of on his own terms and to kind of make a very kind of awkward and difficult situation, you know, I think maybe in his mind a little bit better. And maybe that was about as good as it could happen. It just kind of came out awkwardly because he had the cold news conference as normal that morning. And then Yep. Just shifted into that, you know. I think it would have been maybe better if he just kind of went right to the announcement it, about his. It probably status, would but, have, but right. again, I'm guessing that 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 was his choice and how he wanted to handle it, and you know, not a not a um, you know, I don't know, you know, hard, hard to figure that out. So tomorrow, the Mets will introduce David Stearns as their president of baseball operations, that leading decision maker, and um. What are the, in your mind, what are the top three things that you think Stearns needs to fix or change on the Mets? Well, top three. I mean, I could probably think of 20. What are a, a, couple of, a couple of things that need to be, that need to change? Well, well, I'm certainly in the area of need. I mean, if you just go down the list of the important things to do to the team is he needs to build a rotation. Yep. I mean, that, that, that's right at the top of the list. I mean, anybody who's watched the team and knows what they had to do this year and, and selling off the pieces is that they have to find, I mean, they have two starting pitchers right now, you know, at least what you would consider bona fide, you know, front end type-ish starters, obviously, in Senga and Quintana. Behind that, it's all question marks. I mean, McGill, Peterson, um, you know, who else can they kind of scrape up along those lines in the minors? to maybe come up at some point, you know, maybe somebody like Lucchese, you know, but these are all depth pieces, you know, they need actual starting pitchers here. So, well, how are they going to approach that, you know, becomes the question. Do they feel like they, they trade people for them? Are they just going to go out and spend big money again for it? Because there's certainly people you can spend big money on. If you're talking about Yamamoto, you know, the big Japanese ace, you know, who a lot of teams are going to be in on Blake Snell is going to be a free agent. So you can spend money again if you want to spend the big bucks. It just depends on how Steve Cohen is looking at that market. Beyond that, you know, I, I certainly think Pete Alonso is a huge thing on the horizon here. Yep. You know, that that's something that dominated 
the second half of the season and, you know, talking about him being on the trade block. I'm skeptical about that. You know, I still think an extension will get done with him. By the way, uh, what, we- what message did Mets fans send today to Pete and to their owner, Steve Cohen? Yeah, I mean, come on. Are there any Mets fans that don't love Pete Alonso? I mean, <laughs> I, 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 have, I haven't come across any. I mean, maybe you hear from some on your show. But for me personally, you know, I, he's the most popular guy in the team, I would imagine. Um, so that, that was expected. I mean, I, for those who I, didn't I would see think, it, Pete got a a big ovation. Um, fans chanting his name um, in his last at bat of, of the game on. on yeah, I mean, Sunday. I you know I I'm thinking that that's not his send off as a Met. I'd have to think most Mets fans would think that too. And I still believe an extension will get done uh, with Alonzo. You know, I, I think where he fits in in Stern's vision and where that fits with how Steve Cohen looks at the most popular player in the team. And where his money comes into that, that becomes the next thing. Because, you know, Steve did say today, Steve Cohen did say today that, you know, with Stearns coming in, you know, he's getting his say. You know, he wants a new manager. So he let him, you know, right off the top. This was a decision that was made weeks ago, essentially. So you have to kind of wonder where Steve, as the owner of the team, uh, comes in and where Stern's vision, where they intersect and where may, they may even collide on some occasions. So that'd be interesting to see as time goes on. Yep. Um, talking to Dave Lennon um, from Newsday about uh, Mets and um, let's switch to the Yankees now. And by the way, this Jets game now, it looks like it is, uh, we're counting down um, the final seconds there. Jets are going to lose painfully 23 to 20. They had a, they had a chance in this game. But switching to the Yankees, um, and then we'll um, hop back onto the football. Um, I'm sure you heard the same thing I heard, which is, or read about it, that Sean Casey, the Yankees hitting coach, um, told reporters today that he's been asked to come back as hitting coach for the Yankees next year. He was going to make his decision. Um, But uh, that Aaron Boone and, and Brian Cashman asked him about that after the game, then Boone saying that Casey was getting ahead of himself. What did you make of that whole situation? Um, I, I think that Casey was probably just telling the truth. Right. And the, and the other guys didn't want to say anything because of that tips the, you know, it tips the uh, people off that, you know, Boone is coming back, which is no secret. I mean, there, there was no indication that Boone wasn't coming back here. And I think that just kind of telegraphs, uh, the move. And I, I think that by Casey saying that, I think the problem for Cashman and Boone is that they don't want to just give this impression that there's just going to be running it back with the status quo, you know, because there's been a lot of talk about Hal's doing this audit of the organization, you know, really trying to troubleshoot what's going wrong here. And I don't think Hal wants to give the impression that they're just, you know, just going to bring the whole crew back and just going to blame the whole thing on injuries and, you know, make some fine tuning here and there and just run it back with the same team. You know, they want to make it look like, you know, we're heading down to Tampa, you know, we're having meetings. We're really going to dissect this season and figure out what happened here. So that's why I think, you know, they thought Casey was getting a little bit ahead of himself, but you know, if Casey was a guy, I mean, judges really stuck up for him too, that, if he's the guy that fits in their plans going forward then and Boone's going to stick around, then, you know, maybe that does make sense for them. 
Uh, I think that's something they have to look into. Uh, and going forward, they have a lot of things to look at clearly uh, to see what went wrong here. And are you expecting, though, that essentially it's going to be um, a few analytics people that are going to take the fall and kind of be blamed for the season? They'll fire them. They'll hire a few different analytics people. And But most of the big names that we know this will mostly be the, the status quo and we will not see a lot of change in the decision makers or, or leaders, manager of the New York Yankees? Yeah, I mean, I, I think most of the names that fans know, I think they're going to expect to, to be back. And, and that's the main people in Cashman and Boone and even Casey. I mean, I, you know, I think the pitching coach, Matt Blake, will be back. Um, so those types, the, the most, you know, the most visible upfront people, I think what they, you have to wonder or what the presence guys like Omar Minari and Brian Sabian, you know, two more old school guys with more of the scouting backgrounds. Well, those guys kind of have a bigger seat at the table or more of a voice because, you know, having known both of those guys and seeing them around quite a bit, uh, you know, they have been out scouting and doing those sort of things. But I wonder, you know, how much was their input weighed in decisions? You know, were they just there? the kind of window dressing or are they being allowed to really impact what this team was doing? Um, so I, I think that's where Hal is going to want some answers from on, on how decisions are being made, how information is disseminated among the players. I think that's another thing the judge spoke on today. Yep. You know, he really talked about that. He said the information that we're getting is good, but I think a lot of how it's used or how it should, how it's being told to us and how it should be used. That's where the problem lies. He didn't have a problem with the Yankees resources. And I'm sure the Yankees data and the resources are among the very best in the game based on what they invest in it. But I think there is something in how that's processed, how that's used to make decisions. I think that's the part they have to look out, look at and the part the judge, I think, had the biggest problem at. The other thing I think, Lori, and, and I think this is more of an at, attitude-wise, you know, when Judge says things like, they, you know, there needs to be more of a sense of urgency and that type of thing, mm-hmm. I, and I really kind of wonder about the accountability issue the Yankees have. You know, that's something that we used to talk about with the Mets. But isn't that the manager, accountability? Like, where does yeah, accountability I, come from? GM, too. GM mm-hmm. and the manager. Yep. You know, players have to feel there's some kind of consequence, you know, to their actions. You know, when guys are forgetting how many outs there are or they're making base running mistakes, you know, any type of thing that it seems like guys aren't kind of locked into what's going on. I mean, those are issues. Guys need to be sat down. You know, I I think that there's so much concessions made to players now to some degree that if they don't feel there's a consequence, you can get lackadaisical. You know, you can lose that focus. And it's not. And again, it's not just the GM and the manager. It's the clubhouse, too. Yep. You know, guys have to keep themselves in check. Falls on judge. You know, I just don't think when you had guys like the core four or you had the great Yankees teams, Mm -hmm. it didn't just fall to Jeter to keep everybody in line. It fell down to all the vets to look at things and make sure and notice things, even amongst themselves. You know, when old-timers day happened and you would talk to the Posadas and the guys that would come back, you know, if they didn't feel like a guy was pulling his weight or wasn't paying attention or wasn't giving what they should be, they'd be running up against each other, slamming guys into walls and saying, wake up, you know? And I just don't get the sense around the in the Yankees team right now that, I, you know, what they like to call a professional approach 
or just the business approach to things is really lacking, I think, in an intensity and an urgency. And I think that's what Judge kind of touched on. And to him, that's part of his job as as captain Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, I remember, um, you know, I think it was, uh, you mentioned the core four. If I remember correctly, I think it was Mariana Rivera who actually used to be in charge of their kangaroo court. And, um, you know, the players would would police themselves and give out fines and and do that sort of thing. Um, So um, we'll see. Decisions for the Yankees to make, decisions uh, for the Mets to make. The Mets announced, uh, introduced their new president of baseball operations tomorrow at noon. Aaron Boone will fly to Tampa and have a meeting with the owner. We'll see if any changes will be made on the Yankees side. Um, what will they be? Um, meanwhile, we got to talk about some football. This game went final. It was a close game. The Jets keeping it much closer, I think, than any of us expected, um, certainly than I expected. Um, Dave Lennon from Newsday. What's the column? Um, let people know. Give them a heads up. What's in? To- uh, what do you have in tomorrow's Newsday? Well, it's plenty of buck, blow by blow of what went down with his news conference today, kind of the events surrounding what happened with him. And, and really, you know, being a victim of bad timing. I know fans have mixed feelings about the job he did as manager. Mm-hmm. But in essence, he got two years uh, at to do the job. And he's coming off a 101-win season when he won manager of the year yeah. and winds up getting fired the next. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, this was an organizational failure, not just a buck failure, and he wound up being the, the fall guy for it. Yeah, I and I don't even know, you know, it's, it's interesting. In terms of fall guy, I think the owner, Steve Cohen, making it clear, it isn't, you know, Buck is taking the fall, but it really is about that they've been trying to bring in, uh, they're coming off a losing season, and they are bringing in a new president of baseball operations, and that person will now be the lead decision maker, and they get to bring in their own manager. You know, kind of as simple as that. And I think a lot I mean, of us expecting it to be Craig Council um, when when the uh, when the season ends. But we'll see if the Mets are, are going to end up being that lucky. I mean, Buck was essentially fired by a guy that hasn't even been introduced as a member of the organization yet. <laughs> right. It is weird. And, and it's also that part is weird. And it also is weird that the owner usually... They want the new guy not to have the negativity attached to the new guy. So usually it's like the owner saying, oh, I think it was time for change or something like that. And then they let the new guy come in clean slate instead of the guy hasn't even been announced yet. And they're saying, oh, yeah, he fired Buck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, listen, you know, Steve Cohen made his money in the hedge fund industry. It's not for the faint of heart. And he's not going to really... a lot of punches sensitivity wise I think when it when it comes to running the organization so I, I, I don't think he thinks too much like that I, I think you're right and I think if you're going to have a thin skin on things like that um, you're not going to do well like he's just going to be like yeah no he wanted to fire somebody so I'm going to just tell people that because I'm not taking the blame for it uh, <laughs> right so I think that is um, how it's going to be all right uh dave lennon from newsday does great stuff covering the uh, local teams baseball columnist dave appreciate the time we'll catch up with you soon my pleasure Lawrence. have a great night tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four donchich the step back three you bet music you said my word 
even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.